Hey, it's Colleen. Hi, it's Kate. And it's Megan. And we're the Three Scheme Queens. Join us as we discuss popular hoaxes and give you our comedic take on what is fact and what is fiction. If you have a sense of humor and an open mind, come take this journey with us. We'll tell you what we think and we'll try to prove it to you. Is this thing on? Hey, hey guys. guys, how's it going? What's popping? Colleen's over there crocheting a scarf. Still <laughs> crocheting from three episodes ago. Um, let's start with our shout out. We've got a shout out for Sarah. Hey, yeah, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah says, thanks for making cleaning my bathrooms less painful. Oh, anytime. Also, I found out that there's a conspiracy theory around the band, the Scorpions. Have you heard about it? Not. I, I have not. But that. you know what? We're doing a pop culture s- section soon. I didn't even know who the Scorpions yeah. were. Um, but then I Googled them. And they have this song, Wind of Change, which I think if you've heard, if you hear it, you probably have like heard it before. Um, So I did recognize it when I listened to it. And I guess it was like the hype song for the end of the Cold War. And the conspiracy theory is that the CIA wrote it as like propaganda. Okay. So do you guys recognize that song? No. No. Oh, I feel like I've heard it. Um, I guess it came out in the 90s and it was, again, the anthem for like the Cold War. And so the theory was that the CIA actually wrote the song. And I've got to tell you, it gives Fred liked it. Probably. Yeah. It's probably on Captain Fred's playlist. Yeah. yeah. But not the conspiracy we're talking about today. No, I mean, Just well, I will say that the more I'm researching for our JFK episode. Oh, yeah. And I think also going into like a little bit about what we talk about today uh-huh. and like Montauk. I would not put anything past the CIA. Yeah. So I can 100% that this, believe the CIA they wrote a song to propagandize. To talk about working for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Particularly like the last, you know, 50 years of the of the 21st century, CIA was really up to no good. Right. Uh, so I can believe it. We may have to cover that for you, Sarah. Sarah also wants to join us if we ever go investigate in Montauk. So yeah, telling you right now, Sarah, uh, you are for sure going to join us if we ever go to Montauk. You are on the invite list. There we go. There's this like really nice resort that I'd like to stay at in Montauk. I was thinking about like all the places you want. Like, aren't we going to Asheville? To the spa. Now we're going to Montauk for a resort. Well, hold on. We're going to live a lot of years together, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they can happen. I, I don't know. Okay. We're going to be like 70 <laughs> in a spa. <laughs> when I finish grad school, Joey's <laughs> pushing us in our walkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Colleen, I'll give you 20 bucks if you push me down these stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my bottle of aspirin. <laughs> well, we'd be like, um, whenever I used to go visit my grandma, she always had a box of Franzia in the yeah. garage. And that's remember. And now my mom always laughs because she's like, she used to have these like women's meetings, like finance meetings once a month where like these women would get together and like talk about money because she was kind of like an unexpected 
single mother of three. Oh yeah. And had to step up. But so my mom's like, she wasn't like, she was like drinking all the time. She just like had this box of Franzia that she would like pull out once a month. But in my mind, I just, I'm like, I associate the Franzia in the garage with my <laughs> grandma. Yeah. Uh, shout out Gagu. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe Joey will be like filling up our, our mm. cups with our front. Hopefully we'll be affording something better than Franzia, yeah. but slap in the bag, slap in the bag. 70. <laughs> So is it time for our drink yeah. check? Drink check. Oh. What are we? What are we drinking, guys? Speaking of vino, for the first time ever on the pod. Oh, is this your? Is first this your time? first wine on the pod? I think I'm drinking wine for the first, first time. time. She's having kind of a spritzer. Yeah, it's uh, like I said earlier. I'm an ice fanatic. So it's uh, about six cubes of ice and about two fingers of wine. Speaking speaking of uh, grandmas, I just whenever my friends put ice in their wine, it makes me think of a grandma. Colleen really leans into the suburban housewife of the 90s (laughs) with the ice and the wine. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not frozen grapes. I feel like frozen grapes would have been smarter, but. Oh, as an ice cube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. What's she drinking over there, Kate? Um, Well... I'm drinking an Orgain plant protein chocolate shake with 20 grams of plant protein. I can't even look at you right now. You're just like such a hippie. Well, I have a dairy allergy, Megan, and the vegan protein options are... We all know about the dairy allergy. Yeah, very limited, Megan. Yeah, they're limited, okay? You know, don't discriminate. Anyway, um, my New Year's intention, if you will, was to increase my protein intake because women as we get older we need more protein in our bodies to maintain our um, muscles Mm -hmm. and our bones Um, and so I am you know preparing for you know my 70s (laughs) sounds kind of sad I'm drinking some lime seltzer which polar brand Costco? Costco. Costco. I just started Modern Family because I haven't watched it all the way through. And the third episode is Mitchell going to Costco for the first time. And he's like making fun of Costco. He's like, oh, these like pick stores. Why would anybody? And he like walks in and he's like, the paper shredder that I've wanted. (laughs) And it's just like them buying everything at costco and i was like i relatable to this relatable so well it's like even now people like like your offer like it's all costco and i'm like the meme but sometimes you you have a friend who's not a costco person yeah look at you like i'm sorry you're buying your clothes at costco i'm like yeah i'm sorry you're a member at sam's club i actually believe i have i think these are costco leggings yeah they're cute actually i don't think i have any costco on but normally i do i love their pants no all right, but yeah, I'm drinking a lime seltzer. Oh, polar, like yeah. you said. And speaking of limes, Ooh. do you guys know where Lyme oh. disease came oh. from? Oh, I did not know why we were talking about. Limes. Speaking of limes, <laughs> um, Lyme disease. Well, like we're we're not even disease. Yeah, so we're really going to talk. I think more about um, Plum Island and the wild things happening there. Uh, um, to include, but not limited to. Uh, the creation and spread of Lyme disease as we know it. Okay. All right. I'm on board. I'm on board. My uncle had it. Plum Island is a three mile by one mile island isolated off the coast of New York. 
It is home to a lab run by the Department of Homeland Security hmm? and Department of Agriculture. The lab claims to be dedicated to the study of disease and animal livestock. Hmm. They claim that in compliance with Nixon's 1969 order, there is no offensive bioweapons research taking place there. Hmm. Instead, they argue, the goal is to focus on protecting the U.S. against the introduction of animal diseases. Their principal focus, they allege, is to prevent foot and mouth disease, which has not occurred in the U.S. since 1929. Foot and mouth. I've never heard of foot and mouth. Or like hoof and mouth. The that island be con- confused with, with hand, hand, foot, foot mouth. mouth. No, yeah. this is a separate. This is separate. Okay. The principal focus, they allege, is to prevent foot and mouth disease, which has not occurred in the U.S. since 1929. The island can only be accessed by military ferry, which is escorted by armed guards and personnel are not permitted to have pets or spend time around animals due to the inherent risk of disease spread. While the government maintains that there is no bioweapons research happening there, evidence exists that discredits their claims. In fact, one of the primary goals of the lab when it was first developed by Nazi scientist Eric Traub, not always the Nazis, was to research the use of ticks as bioweapons. Since that time, people have argued that the lab is responsible for development and spread of tick-borne illnesses, including Lyme disease and the African swine flu outbreak in Cuba. Is the government performing innocent studies to limit the spread of animal transmitted infections? Or are they performing harmful biologic research under the guise of benign animal studies? What you guys think? Immediately, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately, believe it. It's sounding a little familiar, is it not? Yeah. Immediately, yes. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know and I believe and I'm going to. Biological warfare is a real thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Plum Island, off the coast of Long Island, New York, was purchased by the United States government in the 1950s. Originally, it was purchased by the government during the Spanish-American War for the construction of Fort Terry, which was then deactivated after World War II. In 1952, it was reactivated for animal disease research by the U.S. Army. This is mind blowing. Do you guys know about Operation Paperclip? No, no. not okay. So apparently, as part of Operation Paperclip, 1,600 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were given asylum in the United States between 1945 and 1959. You know who this sounds like, Colleen? Bucky. Yeah. Hydra. Hydra, if you will. Any Marvel fans out there? Mm. Ring a ding. Interesting. Mm. Ring a ding. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um. So one of these scientists. I mean, I guess I knew. Like, right? We had. We know Einstein. We talked about Einstein coming over here. Right. But like, I didn't know that we just were like Nazis. Come join us because you have brains. Brains. We were just going to ignore the fact that you were a Nazi and let you come over here. Yeah. So one of those. Surprise. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not, but this is not publicized, right? Yeah. So one of these Nazis was Eric Traub. I don't speak German, so apologies for that pronunciation. Traub. He had a secret lab in the Baltic and was investigating ways to poison Soviet cattle. So he had conducted experiments using ticks and insects. And he came up with this concept of like, why don't we inject these ticks with diseases and then release them as bioweapons? So he's doing this during the war. War ends. We say, come on over. You know what? We're going to give you this island 
with a research lab and just like let you have control of it and do your thing. Yeah, sounds right. Sounds like a great idea. Let's give this Nazi Mm -hmm. a multi-million dollar lab with unfettered access to transmissible diseases. And his own private island. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. So as far as the public is aware, the purpose of choosing this location is because there was a law banning the study of foot and mouth disease on the mainland. So again, we know about hand, foot and mouth disease. Foot and mouth disease has not existed in like our our parents' lifetime, maybe not their parents' lifetime. Yeah. Um, Like smallpox. Yeah. Uh, but I got I've got a vaccine. I've been injected against that. So. Of course you have. I'm good to go. Yeah. Smallpox. By the government. Do you think they injected a a tracker jacker? Gosh, we can't we can't be sarcastic on here because it's like the Nazi gold. Um, <laughs> so foot and mouth disease is an extremely contagious virus that can be passed between hooved animals. So sometimes they call it like hoof and mouth disease and from person to hooved animals. However, foot and mouth disease was eradicated in 1929. So tell me, guys, why in 1952 did they decide they needed to invest millions of dollars into studying the disease? Wait, I have a question. I want to know well, more about this more disease. Weapons, right? How was it eradicated in what? 1929? Like, well, it just doesn't do? exist on our... It does exist elsewhere. Oh. It just doesn't exist in the United States. Oh. New fear. They get it out of the New fear. I'm, I'm about to spiral. It's not been around for 100 years, Kate, so don't spiral. So apparently there were outbreaks in Canada and Mexico, and they're like, well, that's why we were studying it, because there were outbreaks. But those didn't happen until later in the 1950s. Liars. Yeah. So they just, again, they were like, we need to- I wonder why they happened in later in the 1950s, Megan. Hmm. I think it was like the CIA. Hmm. In 2012, I will say, let's give them some credit, two researchers in the facility did actually develop the first uh, foot and mouth vaccine, which did not require live virus because the whole reason it has to be out there is like we don't want it to get transmitted. Right. Right. And so if you they had a vaccine, but if it required a live virus, like that's no good, you could still spread it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a big deal that they were able to produce this like inactivated vaccine. So that was that's kind of a big deal, I guess, because then you can actually like safely develop and manufacture it. but still, I'm just like, why was there so much stress on this yeah. virus that hadn't even like really impacted us in a long time? Um, OK, so back to the history of Plum Island. So this Nazi scientist becomes the like godfather of Plum Island. And again, they allege that they were only ever working on disease defense. Then in 1993, Newsday, which is the daily Long Island newspaper, it releases documents proving that there was biologic warfare experiments happening during the Cold War. <gasps> And the U, I mean, well, does this sound so familiar though? Yes, also, yeah, I yes. think we knew this all. Yeah. No, it's like all the things like didn't happen. Yeah, it's kind of like MK Ultra, right? Didn't happen, didn't happen. Just kidding. It sort of happened. I just, I like, I just saw this meme that was like, you know, didn't happen, didn't happen. 50 years go by. Okay, well, it did happen. Right. So now we're going to like declassify this, but no one, no one's going to care anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Again, so they claim like 1969, Nixon said no offensive biologic warfare. They're like, yep, yeah, we've abided to that. We find out in 1993, that's not true. But they swear that was all in the past. That was during the Cold War. We haven't done that since the 90s. They actually let these Russian scientists come and inspect the facility because they want to like prove to them. I don't know. Do you th- What do you think of that? I feel like how couldn't you just like clean up your... Yeah. People come and ex- inspect my work mm-hmm. like every two years. And you know what we do? Just clean up. Yeah. We know when they're coming. We make it look nice. Yeah. Literally. And we're trained for like months on like things. All the things that we usually do, 
we're not going to do them because the right. inspectors are coming. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then in 2002, it became known as the Plum Island Animal Disease Center, which falls under the Department of Homeland Security. What? Yeah. We're doing some defensive, yeah, like, not, infection not, research, not, but interesting. Department of Homeland Security hmm. and Science and Technology Office of National Laboratories. In 2008, the first Montauk monster washed ashore. So we talked about this. We actually posted a picture on our website and on Instagram. You guys remember the Montauk monster? The yeah. Debbie dog. Could be a raccoon. Could be a monster. Could be a chupacabra. Is that how you say it? Chupacabra? Yep. Okay. Um, and so this kind of prompted theories like was there experimentation happening were they crossbreeding uh i actually don't when i looked at the montauk monster i think i agree there's probably a raccoon that was like bloated in the ocean so i don't know if i believe that there's like crossbreeding invest or you know crossbreeding research happening but that's the theory in 2010 there were reports of a security guard discovering the corpse of a human-like monster with quote really long web fingers and holes in his skull indicating he had potentially undergone neurosurgery but then there's like not a lot of other information so it sounds to me like maybe somebody with like marfan syndrome washed ashore because then there's one article where it's like no i mean they just say it's a man with long fingers and that's it at one point it's like a white man and then in a different article it's like a black man i'm like it's probably just like a decomposed man coming from new york or something washed ashore um but there's no photos of that i think respectfully so we can only see the animals of the or the the photos of the the animals. And then another interesting fact. So Afia Siddiqui was an MIT trained neuroscientist working for Al Qaeda who was captured in Afghanistan in 2009. In her handbag were handwritten notes referring to mass casualty attacks with multiple U.S. targets. Mm-hmm. And you know what was on that list? What? Plum oh. Island. So like this could have I mean, what what does she know that is happening on mm-hmm. Plum Island that would make it a worthwhile target for a terrorist attack yeah in 1978 there was an accidental release of foot and mouth disease into some of the cattle in the holding pens outside the laboratory facility so again i'm not claiming that anything was intentional but can you i mean it sounds like someone's maybe mishandling some lab specimens (laughs) have we have we heard that before sure have Uh but they did eradicate the 200 cattle to prevent any spread there's also some theories that it might not have been foot mouth disease but a different biologic weapon i don't find any proof proof of that but that's what's online uh in 2004 there were two unintentional releases of foot and mouth disease but the government claims that it was all contained within plum island uh and Bush, the Bush administration 2008 is the one who came out and was like, hey, we got to fess up. We had some leaks, but everything's been contained. We're all good. Uh, George. George W. Miss George W. So we know they weren't always great with avoiding mishaps, you know. So we do know that Traub was experimenting with using ticks to spread disease as a possible bioweapon. And there have now been some... Partially declassified records, of course, indicating a number of research studies looking at the disbursement of ticks and fleas as possible vectors for infection. Oh my well, God. isn't oh, do they get this idea like from the bubonic plague? You know, like the, where the fleas bit the mice, fleas bit the rats, and then the fleas bit the humans, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, the rat was infected, bit the rat, then came and bit the human. Gotcha. That's how. I wonder if this was a thought. Maybe because it was so hard to track down like what how the bubonic plague was being spread. Yeah. 
So here are some of the tests that we do know took place, okay? 1954, Operation Big Itch. Oh, my God. Great name, huh? I cannot. A series of tests in Utah were performed to see if fleas could be used as a vector for biologic warfare. They built these, like, quote, bombs where they would put a hundred to two hundred thousand fleas. They would uh, have guinea pigs on the ground, and then their goal was like, if we drop this bomb full of fleas, will they infect the no, guinea pigs? I don't okay. like it. Operation Dropkick in 1956 These in Savannah. Pigs. Uh, residents consented to participating allegedly, and they released uninfected female mosquitoes. And then they just like tracked the reports of mosquito bites. Uh, did the same thing a couple years later in Florida. Florida, where they released a million mosquitoes. Oh my God. Um, purposely want to participate. Do we think Zika? So like, well, these weren't infected. Oh, oh. where did Zika come from? Yeah. I mean, these weren't infected. They were just bugs, but they were or like, they were just right. like mosquitoes, but they right. were like, can we track how we could spread them? Right. Uh, 1956, Operation May Day. We have uh, uninfected yellow fever mosquitoes released in Savannah to track their dispersal. Oh my gosh. Operation Big Buzz, 1955, 330,000 uninfected mosquitoes in Georgia, again, tracking the spread. Uh, and they were like, oh, look, they made it 2,000 feet away. Like they were able to track all that. And the scariest one, I think, which is kind of taking us back to, we talked a little bit on chemtrails about the boat in San oh, Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did a similar study, Operation Magic Sword in 1965. And and they released mosquitoes off a boat and found that they were able to travel three and a half miles with the assistance of ocean winds. And they so they're like, wait, we could do like we could get in a boat, take these mosquitoes like across an ocean to someone we were fighting a war with and then like release these infected mosquitoes and use that as warfare oh my gosh and God, i'm never gonna trust a mosquito bite i again. know that's exactly <laughs> how i feel like i feel like i'm gonna see a swarm of mosquitoes and be like the government. government like this yeah um forget birds colleen i don't yeah. trust the bugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot more bugs than there are birds and they're a lot more like you microscopic like Wait, you can't on. see them oh are gosh we bugged? yeah how many times do you get home and you're like scratching a bite you didn't yeah. know you have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a September 1945 memo to the Secretary of War detailed a number of accomplishments regarding bioweapons. The United States had mass produced a number of pathogens, including Bacillus anthracis, <gasps> anthrax, anthrax, oh uh, had developed cluster bombs to spread the pathogens and had instructed facilities for the large scale production of pathogens to target crops and people. They alleged that much of this took place in Fort Detrick, Crop. Maryland. Crops, crop fields, crops. crops. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. crops. Mm -hmm. And uh, where's cancer from? Mm. Uh, as a reminder, um, we did talk about in like the Montauk and Chemtrails episode that Nixon had done this ban in 1969, and we weren't allowed to research biologic weapons. Yeah. Uh, however, in 1975, so. Six years later, the U.S. Senate Select Committee on Intelligence released a report the CIA had maintained a stockpile of biologic agents and toxins in violation of Nixon's orders. Of course. So we know they were up to no good. Right. right. Oh, my God. Just like, you know, the CIA was told to stop M Project MKUltra. MKUltra. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm. my God. So two examples of tick-borne illnesses that were spread from Plum Island. So the first one is Lyme disease. And this really is, there's a lot of back and forth online about whether or not uh, Lyme disease was created by our government and really like 
in and worked on in Plum Island and perhaps accidentally released. And I 100% believe it was. And yeah. I'm going huh. to prove it to you. So I believe it already. Uh, as, a, as a reminder, uh, Lyme disease is a vector-borne illness caused by the bacteria Borrelia, and it is usually transmitted to humans via ticks. So 70 to 80 percent of people who get Lyme disease from this bacteria will develop erythema migrans, which is that like bullseye rash within a week. And then usually that progresses. You'll get fever, headaches, tiredness, joint stiffness, palpitations, potentially memory issues. So Borrelia, the bacteria we know has been around for thousands of years. Like they found it present on like um, fossilized remains, Mm -hmm. but no one had ever had like Lyme disease illness like we know it to be until the 70s. No one was ever getting sick from Lyme disease. So you would maybe be exposed to this bacteria. It was present, not infecting you. Whoa. So what you're saying is it needed a vector to infect us. Or maybe needed a little... um, Scientific and full manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the first diagnosis of Lyme disease was not until 1975 in Lyme, Connecticut, when an outbreak occurred. Do you guys see the map I posted on the share drive? Scroll down. Yep. Okay. So look look at that. Look at where Lyme, Connecticut is Mm -hmm. and look where Plum Island is. Oh my God. God. That's so close. Right. It's so it's like a 10, 10 miles or something, but it's this island in the water and then directly north of it, 10 miles north, right on the coast is Lyme, Connecticut. So like if you had a boat and you left your island, you left Plum Island in this boat and sailed across straight north, you would hit Lyme, Connecticut. You know what is also on Long Island? What? What? Montauk. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. well, like that, that's why they're thinking the Plum Island, oh, the, Pl- the oh Montauk goodness. monster originated from Plum Island and yeah. washed ashore. My yeah. Goodness. Yeah. I, I just want to say that I did relook at that demi dog. Its face looks very strange. Like, I don't know it's if like, it looks like a dog or a raccoon, got, like peeled back. And it has like, is, like maybe more beaver. No, I think it's just definitely a bloated, partially decomposed something. But do they have mountain lions up there? I don't know, because it's really confusing because when you read about Plum Island, they talk about how like any wildlife is shot on site because they want to prevent the spread of these diseases. But then they talk about how now I'm talking, I'm going to tell you later how they're relocating Plum Island and the whole island. Well, we'll get we'll get into it. But they're talking about how perhaps they'll use the island when they relocate the laboratories. I'm sorry, I know what you're asking me now. We're not going to shift that piece of land. Like the whole island. But when they, if they move this, well, when they move this research station, which they are in the process of doing, it sounds like, um, they're like, well, maybe we can make this like a wildlife sanctuary. So I'm really confused. Is there a whole bunch of wild animals on this island or are they shooting them all on site? I don't know. Very confusing. Um, I don't like this. They should not be doing this to the animals. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. trust it at all. Um, Even the little bugs. I don't yeah. like the bugs, but. So again, you, when you look at this map, which Colleen will post for you guys, if you have a boat, you go straight north, you're going to hit Lyme, Connecticut. So it definitely makes sense that perhaps like Traub was was developing the Lyme disease as we know it with this right. bacteria, injecting it into ticks. And then I'm not saying it was intentional, but maybe some of these ticks got out, you know? Hmm. Sound familiar? Yep. So allegedly the government 
was like, no, we were just performing gain of function studies in the in the 50s with Borrelia bacteria. Sounds like something that's happened in our recent future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably I'm sorry, recent history present? present in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sounds very familiar. Like I wouldn't have even known the term yeah. gain of function before 2020, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> William Bergdorfer was an NIH scientist for whom the bacteria that causes Lyme disease, again, that's Borrelia, is named because, you know, these bacterias all have complicated names. So it's Borrelia Bergdorfi. Oh. Uh-huh. So in 2013, he was recorded saying that Lyme was not a naturally occurring germ that was spread by natural causes. Because right now people are like, well, if we didn't create Lyme disease, why suddenly do we have so much Lyme disease? Right. And uh, the government has claimed like, you know, we've had an increase in deer population. We have global warming, which is causing, you know, animals to move further north. But this guy, William Bergdorfer, who the bacteria is named for, he was on video in 2013 saying it was created in a military lab for the purpose of harming humans and animals, and somehow it got out. Oh, my God. He's dead now. Of course he's dead. Yeah. So we can't question him. How'd he die? Well, full disclosure, I knew you were going to ask, so I did look it up because it <laughs> sounds very suspicious. He had Parkinson's. Um so, Parkinson's or yeah. something mm-hmm. that looks like Parkinson's. Or did he happen to have Parkinson's? But also, that's not what killed him, you know? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, the Yale School of Public Health claims that the epidemic is caused by ecologic changes that have allowed deers, ticks, and bacterium to invade. We now have like much stricter hunting restrictions and fewer predators. Um, so we're not like taking out all these deers like we used to. Right. And again, climate change is maybe allowing these animals to survive the cold winters, move further north. And a lot of the wildlife that couldn't survive up north in like New England have been able to move 28 miles further north as a result of global warming. That's like going to keep happening i don't know oh, how that was. That's so, interesting. so they're saying that's why like new england has so much lyme disease you're like do they no i know no you just said okay. that. Yeah, rocky, she said it rocky mountain fever that's yes. different yeah yeah that's, that's different rocky mountain spotted from, fever isn't that from ticks yes. yeah it's another tick born that's yeah. the one actually that i wanted to research and then there was like not any evidence about it oh like, I was like, oh, this came from the government. But yeah. then when I started g- reading about it, I was you like, oh, wait, there's so much on Lyme disease. Right. Okay. I thought there was just so much limes up there just because of how the woods was. Yeah, the, the deer. Yeah. But there were no limes before 1975. That's crazy. So yeah, just... but global warming, Megan. Uh, that it, makes me question everything right now. Yeah. yeah question global warming. Yeah. Well, not... I. Yeah. No, I don't question <laughs> global warming. I know global warming is a thing, but like, it just... What won't they use? No, but I do think use? I 100% believe in global warming and I think we need to make some adjustments. But I do think it's also like it's kind of like when you it's, when you got bad, poor customer service and it was like supply chain issues. Right now it's like uh, global warming, like everything is just because of global warming. Right. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I just think. Yeah. No, I think. Like you said, global warming is real. I think we believe in glo- global uh-huh. warming, but is it the cause of all these Disease? things mm-hmm. like no. i think it's real but i also think it's politicized often mm-hmm. in the 1980s preserved insect and animal samples found on shelter island and long island contained bacteria uh traced back to the timing of trob's tick research so kind of confirming that obviously they were injecting bacteria into these like into these fleas ticks mosquitoes and again i'm not alleging that they like intentionally released them but it does seem like 
there was some research happening that was not contained. There's some there's some kind of connection. Correct. The National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2022. So I guess, you know, they make this budget like over a year in advance. Um Included an investigation into the DOD's possible weaponization of ticks and other insects with Lyme disease. Uh, Representative Chris Smith from Jersey, I guess he introduced this amendment that said, in the spirit of transparency and accountability, my amendment directs the Government Accountability Office to probe whether the Department of Defense ever weaponized ticks with Lyme disease or any other dangerous pathogen. Uh, There was a senator from Maine who spoke out in support. Um, It's very confusing to me because it seems like this budget didn't pass, but there was an act that did pass that was like looking at this like um, we we need to investigate. Right. And when I'm like, well, it's been a couple of years, what's been going on? And when I look into it, all you see online is like the research that's been done from this funding into diagnosis and treatment. Not a lot on like, where did it originate from? I mean, that makes sense. I mean, try and stop it now. But yeah, right. It's like I know we don't want to talk about. 2020 uh-huh. but it is like when people start saying like oh like that it was made in the lab or whatever i'm like it doesn't matter it's still here yeah. uh-huh. like we still need to treat people who have covid uh-huh. now uh-huh. you know like that was like my stance on it like why are we fighting about where it came yeah from? no i think the priority is not like where did it come from but i do think that is you do have to figure that out, right? Because you have to be like, okay, so if something was mis- mishandled in a lab, how can we make sure that's not going to happen again? Yeah. Right? Like epidemiological yes. investigation. Some systems changes. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, I think this is a thing. The government just declassifies something 50 years later and no one cares anymore because while everyone cared 50 years ago, we've got so many other things to worry about. Right. Because, yeah. you know, people have political agendas they have mm-hmm. to push, you know? So that's what I've got on Lyme disease. You guys with me on on thinking that? Oh, they 100% made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also to be like so arrogant that mm-hmm. you think that you can control these like tiny little bugs. Like, they're they're not like cattle where mm-hmm. you can tag them and you know where they are. Like or like even inject them with like a little tracker. Like mm-hmm. these are like fleas that you can't see. Well, I think that's of like, of course, they're going to get out. That's like pretty much what they were trying to do with all these mosquitoes tests. Right. right. We're like, oh, just report to us if you get a mosquito bite. I would and, love yeah. to know how many people from the lab got Lyme disease. <laughs> you just like prophylax everyone with doxy in the lab. OK, so that was the first uh, alleged, Bum. you know, infection to come out of this lab in Plum Island. Right. And then we have the African swine fever. So this is a highly contagious and usually lethal virus that only infects pigs. It causes hemorrhagic fevers with death within one week of contraction. Uh, It's transmitted between ticks and pigs. Cannot be transmitted to humans like swine flu can. That's why this is called the African swine flu fever. This Thanks again. Again. Terrifying. Yeah. This sounds so scary. Yeah. So the idea is um, that this infects pigs, but it like will ruin your entire. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Like uh, a flock of pigs. Look it up. No, but like you're what's like it could impact a whole country's like access to food. Right. right. OK. So in like 19- a drove, a drove of pigs. Is that what we call it? Oh, my God. I've a, never heard it's that a one. drift or drove. A group of young pigs is called a litter. A group oh. of hogs is called a passel or a team. A group of swan is called a sounder. I do have to say this. Have you guys ever heard of like pigs giving birth 
and eating their babies. Oh my God. It is a regular thing. Well, what did you guys tell me? What was the deal with it? So cats will eat you right away. Dogs will eat you later. The dogs will wait. Yeah. Dogs, yeah, dogs will wait. Like cats will like, you won't even be cold. And the cat's chowing down. And you know what? Benny can't eat me. He's allowed. I would rather him live. You know, if I'm already dead and he's starved. I don't want Tanner to eat me. Yeah. I don't want Murphy to eat me. I don't think Murphy would eat me. I don't think Tanner would eat me either. And him. Tanner would be like, yeah, he'd just be losing his (laughs) mind. Nobody. uh, When people, people would know something's wrong because Tanner would yap and yap and yap and yap. Oh, and then somebody would like, what? I mean, they would. Yeah. No, I feel like he would yap to like sound the alarm and then somebody would come find you. You think Murphy would just like curl up with you? Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, Murphy's not telling anybody. The feet first, at least. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> back to the the African swine fever. Okay, so in 1971, there was an African swine fever outbreak in Cuba, leading to the forced slaughter of over 500,000 pigs to prevent a nationwide epidemic. This was the first and only time the virus had hit the Western Hemisphere. No humans were injured, but Cuba was unable to produce pork for many months, and we know that like. The Cubans love their Oh, yeah, pork. they love their pork. Mm-hmm. What did they do with all the dead pigs? Just Ooh, burn them? Burn them? I don't know. That's a good question. So this was interesting because up to this point, Cuba was known for pretty strict regulations regarding food handling. And interestingly, the outbreak originated at the exact same time from two separate locations in Cuba. So Whoa. a plant? I think so. Definitely sounds like it. So then in 1977, this U.S. intelligence source comes forward and he goes, "Uh, yeah, I was given the virus in a sealed, unmarked container at Fort Gulick near the Panama Canal and instructed to hand it over to anti-Castro terrorists. What? Six weeks later, the outbreak occurred. Newsday, which we talked about earlier, they kind of like broke the story on Plum Island. Yeah, Uh, that's the Long Island newspaper. It published a story with multiple witnesses describing how it was transported. And they were able to kind of like track all these different people who transported it from place to place. Wow, Um, that's crazy. So they like I went from Plum Island to Fort Detrick to Fort Gulick before traveling to Cuba with a stop at this deserted American territory of Navassa Island, which is somewhere between Jamaica and Haiti. Mm. Uh, So six days later, shocker. The CIA releases an official denial. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. But sure. the paper didn't even release like a retraction because they had so much evidence and like so many sources. Right. They're like, we're standing by the story and everyone. It's one of these. that's like like JFK that we all know that we're not getting the real story. But right. The government just is going to die on that hill. So it is what it is. Who was it that told me once you become president, you are privy to like all the secrets. What happened? To JFK? Oh. I have no idea. Wait, who told me that? Not me. Oh, no, but JFK's coming, guys. I've gone down that rabbit hole. I can't wait. So, again, the first outbreak ever in the Western Hemisphere. Do you know the only place where we are known to have this virus? The, the only place in the Western Hemisphere where the African swine fever virus was available. Oh, God. Was on Plum Island. No. No. So we know this infection is in Plum Island. All of a sudden, we're having issues with Cuba. Cuba has an outbreak, not from one location, but from two separate locations. Plum Island has it. Well, Plum Island had access to it. Oh, my gosh. So it sounds to me like the Americans did it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So those are kind of the two, those were the two big infections I was able to track as like probably being from Plum Island. Um, Kind of an update on the situation. So last year, they opened a $1.25 billion lab in Kansas. Uh, I can't really see when I go online what is happening as far as like the transition, like where we are in that transition. But the ultimate goal was to transfer all of that research that was happening on Plum Island to this Kansas City lab. It's like in Manhattan, Kansas. Hmm. Um, Weird. I, I have I have a lot of concerns about that. First of all, Kansas is the middle of the country. Yep. Like, I guess, and also, you allege that... are grown in the middle of the country. Yeah, you're alleged that you're, like, yeah. only studying animal infections. Like, aren't there a lot of cattle and animals There's in so Kansas? There's so much of our, like, well, meat. in five years, from. when <laughs> an outbreak comes out of the middle of America, we'll be sitting here recording our next episode mm. proving it yeah <laughs> so i and guess kansas is like directly west of kansas city manhattan kansas i think it's a it's a university kansas, state. kansas state kansas state so i think it's like on the kansas state campus that's not making me uncomfortable or anything and what as far as again there's a lot of chatter about what they're going to do with this plum island and one of the things is like a nature preserve which again really not confuses me because haven't you been like offing all these animals that you've right. seen that's oh my god and makes me worried that food sources yeah and plum island is designated a level three laboratory and that means that officially they can only study infections that can be transmitted like animal to animal they can't study any infections that go like animal to human uh-huh again allegedly allegedly but when they moved to Kansas, which, again, they may have already moved to Kansas or at least in the process of moving to Kansas, it's going to be des- designated a level four laboratory, meaning they can study animal diseases that are transmitted to oh humans. God. So like you've already well, we know they're already doing this with like Lyme disease and stuff. Right. Right. But you've already proven you've already had outbreaks of um hoof and mouth or foot and mouth disease right, right? We, we you've already had these Just, mosquitoes disappear that have infections and now we're like let's just like move to the middle of the country and up the ante and like study some more like dangerous like uh infection you know um where manhattan kansas is close to the Denver airport. Oh, uh, it's all related. Do you think the tunnels connect? They I'm, probably they probably did. They I probably were like, it. let's make sure that I don't like it, that everyone can escape when there's an outbreak taking out. Exactly. The state of Kansas. Exactly. The, the anyone who's an Illuminati or um, or Freemason or in the New World Order will just like go down into the tunnels and yeah. flee to yep. Denver airport. Oh, my God. Anyway, that's what I have. So are you guys going to sleep well tonight? What are you thinking? I'm never going to trust a bug ever again. <laughs> oh, it's seven hours away. Oh, yeah. never mind. It just okay. looks close on a map. <laughs> well, that was like also in the Denver episode when I was like, I can believe the tunnels. And you were like, it's over 100 miles. Yeah. And I was like, OK, well, maybe, maybe not. But when you do look at the map, it looks really close. Yeah. Um, yeah. This just again, I think we already know that the government does some of these things and they cover them up. And wow, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I 100% believe Plum Island is up to no good. And I think that not that they were intentionally trying to, well, obviously they were intentionally trying to attack Cuba, but not that they were intentionally trying to attack their own people. But I think things happen when you're dealing with mosquitoes and fleas. Right. Infected with. I don't understand why they have to do it in Kansas. I mean, can't they go to like the middle of the ocean? 
on a boat. I'm sure they start. Like, I mean, that's so. kind of where they were was like on this island. And that was right. Like, yeah, but it was premise. pretty close to yeah, land. close enough to hit. Yeah. Uh, Lime, Connecticut. That's why I'm like, can't they go to like some of these territories? But also, why are you doubling down on like, we're only doing defensive research and we're only doing these like benign studies? Like, it's so benign, but you had to be on an island to do it. Like what? I mean, it's. It's it's giving me no prop. It's it's propaganda. Mm. They're just telling us what we want to hear. America could never do anything bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always in defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, this just goes, I feel like the things I'm learning on this podcast about the CIA. Blowing my mind. Yeah. Blowing my mind. Uh, yes, I would say a couple of years ago, if someone was like, oh, the CIA, like Kate would always be like, CIA can do anything. And I was like, shh. No. And now I'm like, the CIA has done everything. Yeah. 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 I'm telling you. Uh, I'm telling all right. You now. So what's our, what are our polls going to be, Kate? Did we prove it to you? <laughs> Lyme disease? Um, the polls are Lyme disease was made on Plum Island and accidentally like got out. Mm-hmm. Yes, we believe that. Two, Lyme disease uh, occurs only because of global warming and all the animals migrating up north. Um, three, Plum Island is only doing gain-of-function research. Mm-hmm. Don't trust it. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, That's an interesting one, Meg. Yeah, thanks. thanks. If you guys feel like it, after you've finished listening, uh, scroll on down, leave us a five-star review, leave us a little comment. Maybe we will read it on air um, and chat you out. Woo. Uh, share with the pod with the people that you love, people that you think would like conspiracy theories or people that just enjoy a good conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. And yeah, see we'll you see you next, next week. Tuesday. See you next week.